Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Big Muslim Family Podcast. I'm your host, Brother Mark Adam, and this is the podcast where we talk to Muslim brothers and sisters from around the world and get them to share with us their unique perspectives of growing up in their country. Also, we cover other inspirational Muslim stories such as reverts making their way back to Islam and migrants who left their home country seeking a better life. Thank you for joining us and don't forget to connect with us on our social channels. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to another episode of the Big Muslim Family Podcast. This is your host, Brother Mark Adam, and I hope that wherever you are listening to this, you are healthy and safe, inshallah. In this episode, I speak with a revert brother in my hometown of Singapore. And due to the sensitive nature of the topics we'll be covering, uh, we have decided to withhold the brother's name. And just a word of warning, there will be some topics in this episode that are for a more mature audience. So I advise if there's any kids around that they do not listen to this episode. The brother I'm interviewing will discuss about how going to prison started his interest into Islam and the many lifestyle struggles that he had to let go of during his reversion. So. Let's get into it and listen to this brother's journey back to Islam. Assalamu alaikum everyone. I have here from my local hometown a revert, a new, quite a young revert to Islam. Welcome to the Big Muslim family. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, that's good, that's good. So, brother, can you tell us about, uh, you know, where do you live and what do you do for a living at the moment? Okay, so I grew up in Singapore. Then I stay in Gelang. Gelang is basically a real life district in Singapore. And then it's a very interesting place. People come here for supper, for food. There's lots of food. Uh, you can find all kinds of food here. Then there's, there's a good part, but then there's also the bad part. There's gambling, drugs, prostitution, and like gangs all involved in, in Gilang. So it's a very happening like, district to grow up in. Okay, so yeah. this is where you grew up. You spent your whole life growing up in, in Gilang? Yep, correct. All right. And how old are you, by, by the way, so the audience knows? Oh, yeah, 25 this year. 25 years, okay. Yeah, so for those who know, well, a lot of people in, in, in the world see Singapore as this very squeaky clean, very organized, a very strict place, but you are actually living in a kind of a place where it's a little bit of, you know, there are things going on that, you know, a little bit seedy and things like that. And then the other side of Singapore, I guess. Yeah, great. And so what, what, what was that like growing up? Were you, you know, involved in, in stuff like that? Or is like, it's very easy to be influenced? Yeah, you can say that because, okay, growing up, I, I live with my parents. So basically my parents are hearing impaired. Uh, they are both deaf and mute. So as a kid, I, I always struggle. I have a struggle. I always struggle having to communicate with my parents. So I didn't take the effort to learn sign language also because I'm just young and dumb. So all I, all I could do is like, any, every time I feel frustrated talking to my parents, I will just like run out from the house and then 
just loiter around and that's where I get slowly I get exposed to all, all these kinds of things. Yeah, and I guess that's yeah, it's a rough neighborhood. So what if you if things weren't going good at home, like would what about like religion? You were exposed to religion at home or anywhere? Okay, so my parents they are not really the religious type. My dad is I think he's a free thinker, he kind of pray to everything he sees. So my mom basically she she learned from her her family. So but her family are all Buddhists. They pray they, they pray to this this Japanese religion where they chant Namiaho Ringekyo then which oh. they believe that it can make them peace peaceful. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I've tried all this also. I when I was younger, I grew up in Methodist school. It's a Christian school. So I kind of know what Christianity is like. But then due to like Geelang area, so there's many like temples and, you know, Taoism statues all around. So I've been to like explore Taoism as well. Like I went to events and then see, you know, that there's like monkey god or like a, I don't know, a baby god or what they will they will like chant something, burn something, and then you know, people get possessed. So oh. this, this kind of things are like, I've seen. Yeah, so you, where you are, you get uh, exposed to a lot. Because uh, there's quite, quite a number of temples down there, right? Yeah, different? Uh, Geelang is actually, there's a lot of church, a lot of mosques, everything. Geelang is, is interesting. Got, yeah, I guess so. It's got yeah. a lot of everything, like the good and yeah. bad. So when you're growing up, what were the things that were, I guess, important to you that you that took up most of your life? Because, okay, I was lost all my life. So I wasted a lot of time getting high, chasing high, just almost every day. Um, always out of the house, drinking alcohol, taking drugs, stuff like that. So, yeah, mm. basically just chasing high. So during this time, I know it, you know Singapore is a multicultural country, but did you what did you know about Islam at that time? Uh, when I was younger, I don't really know. I roughly know about Islam because I have I hang out with a lot of Malay friends, and then they when during Ramadan they will go fasting. So I don't really know what the religion is about. But then I just like know okay every month they have to fast. That's all. Every month. And, yeah. <laughs> every uh, not every month, like during Ramadan. But yeah, then, during... yeah, I didn't like uh explore into the religion yet. I see, I see. Okay, mm. so so basically you had growing up you had friends who are Muslim, mm. but still you weren't kind of you know uh, really interested into learning more about Islam, right? Yep. Okay, great. So then what is can you tell me what started to make you uh, interested into Islam? Okay, so during my early 20s, I got really heavy into drugs. I start dealing a bit here and there to support myself for my school fees because I was studying culinary back then. And then I don't have a very stable, financially stable uh, family. So I work a lot of odd jobs, part-time, say in the club, go in a bar. Then side hustle, like, you know, sell, sell drugs here and there, man. So, around two years ago, during National Day, I got caught. So, that's when I went into prison, and then I got, that's where I learned more about Islam. 
That's right. That's interesting. I guess interesting circumstances to to be in there. So can I ask you what how long was the sentence for? So I got caught for first timer consumption. They I'm lucky they waved off my they waved off my possession because you know I got caught with a big bag of uh, drugs. But then they waved it off and then I, I was just lucky la Miller. Then Mm, oh, my sentence was one year, but then I sat in prison for four months and two months rehab. Rehab is like a halfway, it's like a halfway house. In the morning, I go to work and then after work, I have to report back to the hostel. Yeah, so that's for two months and then six months home tagging. So like work and home, work and home. Oh, so they will, so home tagging is what, they have something to anklet or? Yeah, they, there's like a, a black black thing on my ankle to track where where I go. I like, see. Uh, where, yeah, there's a radius where you have to be home on time. Yeah, it's not like they, they can, there's a sensor lah, basically. I mm. see. Wow. Okay, so, so that means that in those four months that you were in prison, that's when you were really exposed to Islam. So So tell me what kind of exposure did you get? Okay, because I'm a very open-minded minded person, so most in prison also, most of them are like 80% they are uh, Malay. And then in Singapore, most of the, almost all the Malays are born Muslims. So, okay, in prison, because prison is a place where people would love to repent, you know, there's nothing you can do. So people start praying, then like five times a day, uh, they will take turns to take azan. So they will see by the weather, they will gauge when is the time. So they will shout azan. Then somebody, you know, will do the azan. Then just beautiful. Uh. Then slowly, I just keep asking questions. Uh, what is this for? Why do you take water? Why do you wash yourself before you you pray? Why do you have to like wear a shirt? These kind of things are uh, why you have to put a mat. Or why do you have to face a certain direction? Why right. do you have to bow down? Yeah. So all these questions I, I ask. Wow. So there's no clocks or anything. They were just looking at the sun and yeah. figuring out that's the this is the prayer time. Yeah. And so how 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 were they taking wudu then? Or okay, so prison in Singapore prison is like a eight man cell. Mine is an eight man cell, but then eight is the maximum, but then Depends on uh, some cell got more, some cell less. Okay. So it's very cramped. I don't know how to explain how big, but then, yeah, it's very cramped. It's like, well, like a normal bedroom or a bit bigger? Like, or? Yeah, like a normal small bedroom. Uh. Then, okay, in the corner, there's a, uh, it's like our toilet. It's a okay. squatting toilet. So there's two toilets. And then, there's two toilets? Yeah, two squatting toilets and the wall in between. Uh-huh. And then the water will come from the top. Oh. So yeah, on the one small, uh, one small space. So our water will ju- just drink from there. We really? Everything. Uh, in the one spot, uh, in that one corner. Yeah, in the one corner. So two person is the max uh, to to shower, and then there's a cut off time for water. Water. So like after nine ten, they will cut off the water because it's loud. Yeah, so since we will, if we want to drink water, we will collect water and then like put one side, something like that. Okay. And so like you had to, then what time would they switch on the water? 
in the morning, I think before breakfast, they will start like five, five plus. Oh, okay. And so you, there's time to do, I guess you're praying in the cell, I guess, if that's how it works. Oh, praying in the cell, the, they will tell us, they will tell us where the Qibla direction is. So, okay. but then at that time, I, I haven't started praying. I, it's just the guys. So, but then not everyone pray all the time also. Like they yep. depend on their mood. They, some, so I, I will ask, hey, why some of you pray, some don't pray, some you say, they don't they don't feel sincere they don't feel you know it's the right time then some they just pray because they i don't know it's, it's up to their individual yeah i see i see okay so yeah so i mean do you you're allowed to have some belongings in the cells oh all of us are given a box a box it contains toothbrush a straw mat oh so we sleep on the floor all of us will sleep on the floor in a oh. small cramped room yeah then there's a blanket, but then some of us, we will use the blanket as we will roll it up as pillow. So okay. because there's nothing to, yeah, pillow, then a blanket, straw mat, oh, that's about it. Uh, oh, there's a small chess game in every cell also, so, you know, we can play chess. Oh, did you yeah. learn how to play then, chess then? <laughs> yeah, we play a lot of chess inside. Wow, then, that's interesting. Yeah, some of them will... will use the box to play music and then we will sing songs yeah oh okay oh that's interesting so how all right so then how did you get you you're asking was it everyone was giving you information or was it only a few of them i met this one guy he's uh more senior he's like 40 plus but then he have a lot of knowledge about islam and then he's very happy to share like everything every time i ask like you know he share then because he, he feel, find it comfortable to share with me because some people they feel offended when talk 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 about other religions you know, talk about Christianity because there's like different people we are all mixed up they are Indian Chinese Malay they are all mixed up they can be all Hinduism Buddhism Christianity so some people they don't like to talk about all this stuff because it can be sensitive to others and then and we are all sharing the same room then it's not nice to offend one another yeah, so I'm lucky I met this 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 guy. So then, she, every time we will go sit one corner, and then you know we will discuss like whisper in whispers. Oh, okay. So that's how you learned more about the more about Islam. And so, did you are you allowed to read books or anything uh, while you're there? Oh yeah, this is the, actually the first time I start reading books. Most actually most of us because lucky I got a nice good cellmates, and then. All of us, we are one of the most quietest ones. Uh, we, all of us will take turns, we will share good books, then we will read. Because the books, uh, there's library also in prison, but then it's like court time. There's like, okay, so day room. Day room is where we go out. Like maybe it's alternate week, uh, alternate. so Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Let's say this week is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, day room. Tuesday, Thursday will be, yeah. Then next week, will be one three five yeah then something like that lah. Oh. then yeah it's basically it's one hour la one hour out of yourself to so one hall day room then during the day room all everyone will can come out there's a carom there's newspaper then they will on a tv 
those who want to watch, then some will you know just talk in their own groups. For yet is they got basketball and takraw, sepak takraw. Wow. Okay. So, all right. So in that sort of over the four months, you you spoke with the that that brother, and he helped you learn more about Islam. And then what happened after that? What happened when you left after the four months? You went to rehab. So what yeah. happened then? Oh, the guy we we departed base after two weeks. So the first two weeks, I roughly learned a bit about Islam because he shared with me then at the point I was certain that Christianity is the right religion because like before I got caught before I got I didn't even care about religion but I know like there's God but then I don't know like you know so many gods or whatever but then until I got caught then I was certain that okay I believe in one higher power one creator but then I know about Jesus so I went to church and then, because my sister also is a Christian, then been to church, the people are all very nice. So like, you know, I thought that was the religion. Then until I met this guy, then he he told me a lot of things. Uh, he said, how can Jesus uh, be, you know, God at the same time? Then basically also, like even Jesus himself, he prayed, it's stated in the Bible, he pray, then if he's God, then why, who is he praying to? So this kind of question, then I start to, you know, question myself, oh, yeah, it's, it all makes sense. Uh. Then, like Islam also, the way they pray is, is just beautiful. Like. Yeah, so you were saying that after this, the you split ways, right? So you only met this brother for two weeks. Is that correct? You uh, talked to him for yeah, two weeks. Yeah. And then after, for the rest of the three and a half months, you what were you learning more about Islam from the other people, or you just watching them practice? Yeah, here and there. But then, the the other guys they don't have much knowledge. They themselves also they are born Muslim, but they themselves also learning. They, so they don't know much. They they can't teach me much. So like until then, we met again in rehab because he went to rehab earlier. So we we bump into each other in rehab. Then he's so happy like we like we bump again. Then from there, there's more freedom. So like he start bringing the Quran, he start bringing Bible. Then he he showed he wrote, he said okay, these are the holy books. So he showed me uh, the, the Bible. Then there's like di- different version. Then he showed me okay, uh, this verse and this verse the same verse. How come like uh, this version, this verse, this version they remove the verse. Then like he said, if this God's words, how can people you know just remove it so easily? Or yeah. they can like alter the word and stuff like that. So I like, wow, like, you know, I then he, he told me like, Quran is the only protected book and it's the one and only Quran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing. It's like it hasn't changed. Whereas, mm. you know, the Bible does have different versions of it, many versions actually. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's a very good point, you know. How can we change the, the word of God? So and and so then you've you've seen him after rehab, and were you at any point like interested in in converting? Yeah, because also okay. Then he mentioned the Islam. Islam is believing believe in one God, and also believing in the last prophet, so so he was So he mentioned the last prophet. 
peace. I just say English is okay. Right? Peace be upon him. Yeah. Okay. So basically, okay. They say Muslims they believe in Prophet Jesus. So by then, after Prophet Jesus, they believe that that hang on the cross and died for us. But then, that's when many people start worshiping Jesus, and then it's the wrong thing lah because. Is in one of the commandments also like you shouldn't worship any idols or you shouldn't worship anything else except one God. So I believe that God sent down the last prophethood to emphasize again to only worship only one God. Yeah. So this is what I believe. So like he said, do you believe in like one God? And I say yeah, the the Creator. Then he say, so do you believe in the last prophet? Is before him? Then I say yes. Then say, oh, basically you're a Muslim. So、oh, I was like, oh wow, so I'm a Muslim. So then he asked me, do you want to take the shahada? Then、uh-huh. I say, okay. Then then he just tell me in the in Arabic. So it's the same, it's the same sentence. Yeah. So ashhaduallahillahillahshaduunnamuhammadarasulullah. After that he say, yeah, congrats, you're a Muslim. Why? <laughs> then he say, oh, do you know like now? Because you say the shahada, you are equivalent to a newborn baby. Then, at that point, like I like wow, yeah, I feel fresh, I feel new. But then at the point, I still haven't like really. I like I I know that there's the creator, but then I haven't totally let go of my past. Like you know, I still want to have fun.、Mm. So even like after my whole when. After my home tagging, during during home tagging, then after home tagging, I got urine test. I I actually got even worse. You know, I cause like I'm not ready to give up the fun. So I got heavier into drugs. Cause in prison, I get to more know more. Cause I hang out with these all drug addicts. So many of them they say they want to change, but then when they came out, it's another story. Lah, they get exposed to the outside world again. They meet back their old friends, then you know they are back in the in the game. Back、so, in the cycle, huh? Back in the yeah. So I even I myself I get influenced again. Then I'm get more exposed to all these things. Then I get heavier into it. Then it's only until like very recently, because I'm a malaf. So I know there's a god. So I, I, I here and there I learn a bit, a bit, a bit. But then. I haven't totally let go, but I know that I want to change for the better. I cannot be like this forever. So I keep praying. I I keep asking Allah to, you know, guide me to help me. So slowly, it's not it's like not over the night. I change like gradually. I see improvements slowly. Then now, slowly I start stop smoking. Then stop drinking. Then like now I can totally I stop everything. Alhamdulillah.、Yeah. Alhamdulillah,、yeah. brother. It's very good to hear. So you managed to, you know, kind of, kind of reach out to to Allah and keep keep praying, keep asking, asking for help, asking for guidance, and so slowly you you managed to give everything up. So Alhamdulillah, I'm very happy for you, brother. And okay, so can you tell us what is what were your family and and friends thinking about you converting to Islam? I mean. I mean, your parents are not so、uh, religious, but you have a sister who is a Christian. 
when it goes to church. So how did they all feel about this? At first, they, when I came, I came back and then I told them I'm a Muslim. So they, they all were shocked. They can't believe. They think I'm joking. And after a while, when I start praying, then they're like, oh, wow, you're serious. But then a lot of them, they think like I'm a hypocrite in a way. Like I practice, but then I'm still doing like my old habits. So people are just like, but then I've been telling people, I say, I, don't know, I want to change. You know, this is the last time, this is the last time. But then every time I pray, I keep falling back into it. So like people also, you know, like, uh, my friends, they like the leopard will never change his spot, something like that. Then, but then my family didn't give up on me. Like they, they see the change gradually. They see me improve. Like it's like a roller coaster ride, lah. Basically, like yeah, I had my up, up and downs. Then, but until recently, they they see a lot of change in me, like My character, my attitude, my behavior, and I got closer with my family. Then, yeah, now they they slowly start to accept my religion and and inshallah i hope one one day they will all convert like, because they see the change that like they see the reason because of this religion i can you know, change and turn over a new leaf alhamdulillah so just to tell us a little bit about the difference with your relationship with your your parents you said before right you used to get very frustrated with them so that you would run out of the house but since your conversion, since that this change, how is it? Because, you know, in Islam, we, we need to honor our parents, right? To respect our parents. So what are some of the changes that have happened with your relationship with your parents? I actually start learning sign language online. So I watch it with my mom together. So, you know, like if I do it wrong, she would, she would get, teach me. And I can see that she's very happy. Then... Just small things like, like now every weekend we will have a family dinner together as a as a family. Then now even last time me and my siblings we don't really talk, but then now every week like we we tend to open up to each other more. Like we can talk about anything now. Yeah, so they are. It's, it's really nice. Alhamdulillah, I'm very happy to hear that, and I think that is uh, is important to show that you know there are changes and we should. Islam isn't just about, you know, believing in something, but also it's how we act and how we bring Islam to life. Hey there, Brother Mark Adam here. I hope you're enjoying the episode. This podcast is still very new and we're looking to grow and reach out to more brothers and sisters from around the world. It would mean so much to us if you could share this podcast with just one person in your life. If not, could you leave a positive review on whatever podcast site you are listening to this on? It would really help. Jazakallah And now, back to the episode. You mentioned the struggles about being, about still wanting to have that old lifestyle, okay? Is there any other lifestyle changes that you had to make, you know, that was difficult for you? Okay, recently I decided to let go of my everything. You know, I, I changed my phone number. I deleted my all my social media platforms because 
I know that I have to just let let go and sacrifice. If not, like it is it's a loop. It's never ending, because I can't challenge my willpower. I always think like okay, I believe like I I'm strong enough to say no, but then when I always you know when I give in to my friends, I will like okay lah, why not go down, just don't touch anything, don't smoke. But then, but when you're drinking, I will always give in to temptation. So this best is to just avoid this kind of situations. So I'm starting afresh. Uh, I want to make new friends and then just basically just love myself more instead of you know putting others first before me. Right. Okay. Okay, that's good. And what do you think is like now that you are you getting support from Muslims in Singapore? Do you have like like you know people to ask questions or you know you talk about building more relationships? So do you have any more Muslim friends? I'm still in contact with the the one who introduced me to Islam. Yeah, so he's the one basically still. He encouraged me to. Now we are actually planning to uh, meet once a week to learn more about Islam. Like he's willing to teach, and I, I'm, I'm start starting to learn Ikra also. Abata, Abatasa, <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. Now, and now I've been ever since. Okay, I got an experience like recently. Like ever since the experience, I've I've not missed a single prayer. Okay, okay, all right, okay. So what is it? Okay, so like I told you, like I haven't totally let go of my past, right? So I gradually improved. I have stopped smoking. I have stopped drinking, and then after my urine test, like I I I'm actually I don't even want to go to the this party lah. But then my friend planned this drug party. Then actually deep down, so I told myself like, okay lah, maybe once in a while, you know, because drugs feel so good. So once in a while, uh, maybe special occasion, okay lah, get high, but then just don't touch alcohol and cigarettes. So after my urine test, then okay lah, I got like freedom. So that's where I get wow, a lot of people contact me for drugs again. There's this party, and then in the midst of getting high, like like I feel good, but then like. Like when, like I can explain lah. Like, I I was feeling so good. Then, in the midst of feelings, the the high, the good, right? I know that like Allah showed Himself. He He told me like all these drugs is not worth. It's nothing compared in heaven. So, and after a while, like I I feel like my third eye got open. So. On the day itself, I think like it's like Allah's way to show me like the glimpse of hell. So all of my friends, I see a jinn in every one of them, and then the suddenly I feel evil spirits everywhere, and it was so strong and so dark. So like evil, yeah. Then wow, at the point I feel so uncomfortable. Then that's that's it, lah. I told myself that that's it. I left. I left the hotel. I go go go. I go. I go back home. I have a shower and then I pray. I pray to Allah and then that was the closest I felt to Allah. And then at the point, I just I keep crying for forgiveness. Uh, that I just the first time I cry so much. Wow, mashallah. Thank you for sharing, brother. That's. I think that's one of the very 
I guess, powerful images, and perhaps the maybe you are put into that state or seeing that image because he know, Allah knows that you will change from then on. So wow, and and can I just ask you, is other other spirits what they're what color are they? Or what were you seeing? Well, honestly, uh, I got a lot of friends also ask me about this, but then like. For the first day, I, I couldn't sleep. You know, I got night. I keep having nightmares the first few days. Then I just keep praying. I just keep praying. I ask Allah to. I know I I ask to open my third eye, but please don't let me see all this, all this again. Like I'm so scared. Then like it's just not worth it, lah. Like hell is. I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's so dark. It's so evil. It's it's so scary. And it's just a glimpse of it. It's not you know the hell fire yet. And then, yeah, I just don't want to be, just don't be there. So now, I just, I don't know, like, that that changed me. And I start doing a lot of good deeds. I, I used to be a little bug, but now, you know, I go around, I see details, you know, I try to clear the little, you know, all these things to contribute back, like, repay back my sins. Uh. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So, I was going to ask you, were you having trouble praying? But I guess that's, you don't have so much trouble anymore. Yeah, last time I used to think like, okay lah, maybe pray only when I'm home, like outside. I don't really think about it. But then now I bring my I, my prayer mat around. Then when it's time to pray, I'll just find a staircase. Anyway, I'll just pray. I'll go to the nearest mosque to pray. MashaAllah. Yeah. Do you think that any time, right, when you converted to Islam, did you any have any doubts or not? Were you ever thinking, hey, is this the right, was this the right decision? Yeah, a, a bit like, because this is how the media been portraying, you know, Muslim terrorists, but then don't listen to the media. Like, I feel like you should look, in the, look into the book yourself and then learn about the religion itself. It's so beautiful. Yeah, mm. so beautiful. Okay, so... With your experience that right now that you're going through, because you're still, when did you take your shahada? Actually, I took it during the Lloyd List. You know, I told you during the rehab center. Oh, okay. That was when was in that? 2019. I see. So it's yeah. like one year, about one year. Yeah, my official shahada. Sorry, my official shahada is recently August 2020. Alhamdulillah. So that means you did Ramadan? Yeah, Ramadan is during the COVID period where they just started the lockdown. Yeah, that this year is also my first. I tried to fast the whole month myself, and then it's lockdown, so just basically me alone, none of my family members fast. Then that period, that's that's where I start to to change. I I spend more time alone. I pray. I learned a lot more about myself. Then that's where I slowly are. Uh, that's the starting point of like me stepping out of the a new life, uh, basically. Okay, alhamdulillah. And and what do you? Uh, so what do you feel right when you uh, have converted to Islam? What do you think that we we as Muslims, right, uh, can as a community? What do you see that we can improve to help? people who are converting to Islam? Respect your religion. Like, I, I see many people out there, even like my old friends, like, they, 
outside they portray themselves, you know, oh, I pray five times, you know, I eat halal, but then behind the doors, the things they do, or like, it's, it's just the haram, the haram things they do is just, so basically don't be a hypocrite, lah. like, respect your religion, you, you treat people nice, then basically be, fear God. You, if you when you fear God, everything you do, you, you you think just think about Allah. Like He is always watching, even when you are alone, nobody is watching. Allah is always watching. So yeah, it just fear Allah. So your message is for like for us as Muslims to don't be hypocrites and, and to you know follow the Deen and do the right things, so that you know. People who are converting don't get so confused mm. about why about why we we do these things. So, yeah. what would you? What is your advice to to people? Maybe that they're considering to convert to Islam. You all can try to visit Darul Akam. Darul Akam is a convert center for other religions who want to convert into Muslim, and then the people there are all converts themselves. Then you can go there. You will meet a lot, a lot of people who are convert so that's where you can feel comfortable like you feel at home like you're not alone yeah and then they you can share they will share their stories as well so it's very interesting yeah that's amazing alhamdulillah and so so is this a place that you you find yourself going to and learning more about islam and taking the classes and, and meeting more people yeah then i i plan to to attend more classes Go to Darul Akam more often, meet new friends there. Hmm. Yeah. So, do you feel that you have the a right amount of support for your for your conversion? Not really. Uh, it's more of a lonely. It's quite lonely, but I just keep seeking. Uh, every time I do something wrong, that's why the five prayers is is so important. Like, if you don't skip it, that like, you will always like think of Allah. Like, hmm. even if you commit sins, you know. Uh, every few hours, you you pray, you seek for forgiveness. And then, because Allah is most forgiving, most merciful. So, no matter how bad you fall, don't like let the shaitan to you know uh, pull you deeper. Always, you know, go back to Allah. Like you take a step to Him, He will run towards you. Yeah. Subhanallah. That's that's very beautiful. That's very beautiful. Okay, so I think we'll end it on that note. Thank you so much, uh, brother. Thank you for sharing with us about your life, about your journey. It's been it's very unique. And alhamdulillah, I appreciate you sharing. And hopefully this is an inspirational story for those who are listening to it. MashaAllah. To be honest, we had some reservations on putting this episode up. But at the end of the day, all revert stories have their unique points. And Allah is the best of planners. And while I feel that some of the situations that this brother experienced may not have been ideal, they were exactly what the brother needed. So, what did you think of the episode? Let us know on our social channels. You can go to facebook.com forward slash bigmuslimfamily or to our Instagram page, the at bigmuslimfamily and we'd love to connect with you there. In our next episode, I will be speaking with Brother Sufyan, who will be telling me about his life as a Muslim in Sydney, Australia. Before I go, I just want to say a big massive thank you for all you brothers and sisters listening to this. And once again, if you could support us and share this podcast with at least one person, 
that would be amazing. Jazakallah khair. Once again, I'm your host, Brother Mark Adam. Inshallah, I will see you in the next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.